Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Marta Zakagnini, the European Programs and Partnerships Manager for Village Capital. Village Capital is a venture capital firm that is a non-profit, which won Finnovate's Best Fintech Accelerator 2019, and which claims to be the most active financial health accelerator in the world. With 22 past accelerators and boot camps that have supported more than 200 startups. Her work highlights how pivotal the fintech community has been and will be in building a more inclusive society. So, Marta, welcome. I'm really happy to have you on our Women of Fintech episode. Hi, Nadia. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, tell us about your mission at Village Capital. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, at Village Capital, we find invest in startups who are solving really big global problems. So that could be sectors from agriculture to finance, to employment, to education. We're essentially leveraging entrepreneurship to drive impact at scale. We've been doing this since 2009. We've worked directly with over 1,100 entrepreneurs across 28 countries. And we have an affiliated fund called Vilcap Investments that has invested in 110 startups that have gone on to raise more than 4 billion in follow-on capital. So if you look up Village Capital, you'll see that our tagline is democratizing entrepreneurship. And that means that we're focused on places, people, and industries that are undercapitalized. When I first found out about Village Capital, one of the things that I thought was really interesting and that's really unique to Vilcap is the peer-selected investment model, um, which means that we put the power of investment in the hands of the entrepreneurs themselves. So within a cohort, they rank and vote for the cohort member that they want to see getting the grant capital from that um, or investment from that program. And we did this because we know that investors tend to solve problems they're familiar with, which truthfully will not be the same as the problems that low and middle income communities face. And they tend to support entrepreneurs who look like them or who are in their networks or who fit certain patterns. This is evident in the fact that three quarters of VC funding in the US goes to three states, New York, Massachusetts, California, and less than 20% goes to female founders and less than 5% goes to black and Latino founders. So peer selection aims to change this power dynamics and it and it's works. We did some research after 10 years of doing this and we found that 90% of our investments are outside of those three states that I mentioned, 46% are female founded and 28% are of founders of color. Wow, some really good statistics there. So what about um, your role? Like, it sounds like you, you guys do so much and so much for change. What about your particular role? What does that encompass? So I'm Village Capital's Programme Manager for Europe. So that means I'm responsible for designing and delivering programmes in Europe, um, engaging the entrepreneurial and wider impact ecosystem and um, engaging with new partners and new people that want to work with us to solve some of these issues in Europe. Right. And what about um, your background? Because, I mean, the role sounds like you do a hell of a lot and it's quite varied. What got you to where you are today? 
So I took a fairly untraditional route into the sector. I spent a good decade working in the humanitarian and development sector across Asia, the Middle East, finally uh, Africa, and then finally in Europe when the refugee crisis hit. And it was really hugely interesting and rewarding, and I could talk about it for hours, but essentially it was just a really hard lifestyle to maintain. I, I was traveling all the time and I wanted some stability and I wanted to be closer to friends and family. And when I was looking for new opportunities, I realized that there were two main things that I was looking for. I wanted to work in project management because I'm a proper Excel geek and I like managing budgets, timelines and people. And I wanted, I needed to stay in an impact driven sector. That's what gets me up in the morning. So when I came across Philcap, I was super interested in its mission and the prospect of solving some of those issues that I'd seen working in all of those places and in the nonprofit world through entrepreneurship. And Village Capital was looking for someone to manage a new refugee-focused program. And with my refugee folk, um, background, it just felt like a perfect fit. So I still get to organize things and make projects happen. And I get to work with really amazing, inspiring entrepreneurs who are genuinely trying to make a positive difference. And they haven't necessarily taken the easiest path to that because entrepreneurship's not always easy. 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm so inspired by everything that you do. And I love that you talk about impact driven work and making a big difference. Um, I think, you know, we, we sort of need more of you out there in the marketplace. Where do you think this passion about inclusive fintechs came from with you? I mean, inclusive fintechs are those who are making fintech products that work for everyone, right? Yeah. And this is necessary because most traditional financial products from credit lines to saving accounts, they're focused on the needs of high income people and large corporations. And we can see this by the fact that nearly 40 million Europeans are excluded from the mainstream financial system. So they struggle to manage their money. They struggle to access credit. They, they struggle to save for the future. So my passion kind of basically comes from the fact that I realize entrepreneurs can fill this gap. They're more nimble, startups are more nimble than large banks. They can cater to niche problems, niche communities, um, and they have the potential to create high quality, affordable solutions for underserved populations. And that's not just in Europe, but across the world. So I think that the fact that there are still low levels of financial health across the world, despite the fact that there are you know, a plethora of fintech solutions out there, shows that we still do need to make like a concerted effort in this inclusive fintech space and support the entrepreneurs that are working on that. Yeah, 100%. So what about um, the Finance Forward initiative? Um, tell us a little bit about how you've implemented your passion. So Finance Forward is a global coalition that Vilcap created with MetLife Foundation, PayPal and local partners. And it's a two-year program at the moment. Um, we're in the second year and we're... Um, doing nine regional accelerator programs and boot camps supporting over 100 entrepreneurs. So we're, we're driving investment to entrepreneurs that are building solutions to improve the financial health of low and medium income people and small business owners um, across the world. And through that peer selection model that I told you about, uh, selected companies are going to get funding from MetLife ranging from twenty-five dollars to $75,000 to help support the growth of their company. So we used to focus a lot on financial inclusion and fintech specifically. And in this program, we've expanded that to financial health because financial inclusion has increased dramatically in emerging markets, but financial health is still a major problem. So 
for example people have bank accounts but they're not using them or they're not planning for the future in a significant way and financial health stops us just counting accounts essentially and takes a more holistic approach so in this program we're including subsectors beyond fintech such as insure tech wealth tech tools for gig workers which is really important at the moment and um, I'm really excited at the moment because on Monday we kick off our um, European Accelerator. We've selected 11 amazing companies and we're going to start working with them next week. Oh, brilliant. That's something really exciting to look forward to. Um, there's another exciting thing that I want you to share with us. Um, you recently co-wrote a report called the FinTech Solutions for Refugees. Um, can you share this with us? Because I think it's such an important report and I really want everyone listening to this to hear all about it. So, um, as I said, I joined Village Capital um, to run this FinTech Solutions for Refugees program initially. And it ran last year and we were working with PayPal's Berlin office where some of their team were really interested to see how they could support workups who start who were working in this niche space. So together we set out to do three things. We wanted to understand the barriers that refugees in Europe face in becoming financially included. Like Europe has an extremely advanced financial system and a lot of people we spoke to were like, is this really a problem? You know, surely everybody's already included. But the more we dug and the more we researched, the more we realised just how locked out of the system refugees were. The second thing that we did was we looked into the technical solutions that were under development. So we looked into the startups that were working in this space. And then the third thing we did was dig into the pain points that those companies face in developing and scaling. And what we found was in, in 2016, during the sort of peak of the refugee crisis, there was this huge explosion of innovation. I think over 400 startups were started like in a few months and almost all of them are no longer operational. So we really wanted to understand what those pain points are, what stops them developing and scaling. And not only those in 2016, but now there's a kind of second wave of startups um, like the ones who were in our cohort that's still working on these problems and still facing some issues. So we wanted to understand what they were. So we selected nine cohort companies and they were working on products for refugees ranging from like digital ID solutions to help refugees prove who they are to service providers or access products that help access to financial services or to send remittances um, to transfer money and credit history across borders, which is really difficult, or to support the aid system to become more transparent and efficient. So we ran a two-day workshop in Berlin with these companies, which was brilliant to bring everyone together. And following that, we compiled all the research and findings into a report, which outlines all of those things that I said. Well, I think that is just so inspirational to hear how you've done that. With everything that you've learned over the years and all the great work you do, what would you say your advice to the fintech community would be to affect positive change for inclusion moving forward? I think there are four things. I think the first thing is being really purpose driven and specific about the change for inclusion that you want to make and figure out like why those endemic systems or circumstances are in place that stop this change happening organically and then design ways to mitigate that bias that like leads to this exclusivity. And then just be really, really open to learning and listening and iterating, not just at the beginning, but like all the time, we're still doing it 10 years later. The second thing is to work with entrepreneurs with lived experience who truly understand the problem they're trying to solve or to encourage them to hire people with that experience early on. It's, it's something really important to Village Capital. We really believe that people with lived experience will um, build better products to the solutions that they know about. 
So one of the recommendations in the FinTech for Refugees report is for startups to hire people with refugee status as early as they can so that they understand um, the issues that they're working with. Thirdly, is not to make assumptions. I think lots of people, for example, in the refugee space, think that refugees are a high-risk, low-profit group, right? And it's not worth working on FinTech products for this group. Whereas research by Kiva showed that refugees repay loans at pretty much the same rate as other populations. So don't make assumptions about how impactful fintech can be. And then my last piece of advice would be to create an ecosystem that works together. Like no one entity is going to solve financial health and financial inclusion by itself. When I spoke to the fintech for refugees cohort a few months after the program, one of the biggest things and the biggest lasting effects that they told me was that Besides the investors that they'd met and the mentors that they had met during the program, they had also formed partnerships with each other. And I really like that. They'd signed MOUs together. They were applying to grants together. I think encouraging that ecosystem is really, really important. Well, I totally agree. And I think those four are, are amazing bits of advice to the community. And I can imagine having listened to this, a lot of people want to get in touch with you because everything that you've done and everything that you're a part of is what we should be doing um, and what I think a lot of fintechs are talking about but they don't know how as you know as I talk about in this podcast let's walk the talk people talk about it they don't know how to walk it and I think that you guys are and, and you in particular are really walking for that change and I, I absolutely love it um, the financial health side of things what you're doing um, in, in, for the refugees your forward your finance forward initiative as well it's been a really inspirational podcast Marta and thank you so much for joining us today of Women of Fintech. Thank you, Nadia. It's been an absolute pleasure.